My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. So welcome to kind of a different series for year two. Yeah. It's really exciting because this year is 2020. Yes. And we are going to be doing a series called 100 Years of Horror. Mm-hmm. So every month you will get two parts to one decade. Yes. So for example, since we are starting off with 100 Years of Horror... We are going to be starting with the 1920s, and today mm-hmm. you will get part one of that. So that'll take us from 1920 to 1924, yes. and then you'll get 25 through the end of the decade in part two. And what's really cool about this is before Kristen and I even started this podcast, we decided we were going to tackle the 100 <laughs> or the best horror movie according to Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. in every year since they have been tracking that. Right. There were horror works and like spliced together films mm-hmm. kind and of short pieces and stuff yeah before the 1920s but this is really when horror began mm-hmm. i guess you could say or at least you know we have the silent films and they're coming into their own and especially in germany this is where mm-hmm. exactly a lot of horror like this originates from so this was a goal of ours and then we started the podcast and you know it obviously we did the podcast right so we we're too busy yeah so this year we have a hundred movies to watch plus our normal monday episodes mm-hmm. plus you now know that we do patreon so head on over there for more mm-hmm. so yeah it's a lot but <laughs> what's really cool is we get to finish our list yeah and it's we started fun how yeah. fun to go through every single movie that's the best of its year exactly that's pretty cool yeah so we're not going to spend an hour talking about each movie, of course. Right. It, it'll just be a little blip of what we think about it and how good it was. Yeah. So, uh, buckle up, because we have quite a few movies to talk about. The first one is The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari from 1920. We're not going to spend a ton of time on mm-hmm. this one, because... It's the birth year, yep. so it gets its own episode actually on its anniversary. Exactly. Which will be really cool. So we'll have a full Monday episode of Caligari for you. Now this one, I, honestly, I actually really enjoyed all of these. That's so the problem. That's going to be the theme. Like, I really <laughs> enjoyed this one. I did not enjoy any of them. Yeah. But Dr. Caligari is kind of like some of the other ones I hadn't really heard of. I think most horror fans have heard of The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari at some point. Right. Because it is... It started all of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting how the scares are... I guess what I'm trying to say is what is scary versus what Mm -hmm. was scary for us or is now. I mean, it was unique back then because it was the first of its kind. Nothing ever (laughs) had been done before. Right. But I feel like these storylines are so different from what we see nowadays. Yeah, or you can tell what kind of was an offshoot of like inspired by Mm -hmm. this movie or this one or these themes or even sometimes the cinematography it's really interesting because they had to be so much more creative Mm -hmm. to do movies like this and to add in special effects and this is you know when backgrounds were still drawn posters exactly like Caligari alone everything was painted and you can tell but it's not a it almost feels to me very like either Dr. Seuss or very Tim Burton. Exactly. Yeah. Right there on that line. Yeah. Because especially in Caligari, the, the lines are never straight. Ever. It's ne- like a door is like a triangle. Or, yeah. And it's got all these swirlies on it. It's just, it's almost like a weird 
trip, but it's really cool. So just a very brief overview of Dr. Caligari, because again, we will dedicate an entire mm-hmm. episode to this. But basically, there's this fair, mm-hmm. and this is a time when, you know, freak shows and right. sideshows are everywhere. Exactly. So this sideshow specifically, I don't remember the word they used for him, but this doctor has a sleepwalker. The som- somnambulist? Somnambulist, that yeah. was it, yes. Uh, which is a sleepwalker. Mm-hmm. And he said that he was going to wake him up after 20-something mm-hmm. years, like 27 or something his, like that. And his fucking eyes are so creepy, but... Yes, yeah. that's that's the whole thing about it. And then he wreaks havoc. So, yes, <laughs> the sleepwalker starts murdering people. Yeah. and Which, I mean, come on. Yeah, he's fucking crazy. Look yeah. at his eyes. You yes. knew he was going to murder someone. And that's what I love about effects from this time because the makeup is incredibly dramatic. Mm-hmm. But they, they had to be. Exactly. It had to be like big dark circles around the sleepwalker to make him look scary and mm-hmm. menacing and... Like a monster, he had black lipstick and Mm -hmm. black circles around his eyes and things like that. And especially in films from this era, they their eyes, like, that had to have bothered you. Oh, it did. (laughs) Actually, almost all of them. They had somebody in it with those big, wide eyes. And I'm like, oh, God, stop. (laughs) Being overdramatic. And I think that if you watch these and you don't, like, understand that that's what it is from that time period, Mm -hmm. it can be a little jarring. Like, oh, my God, this is so overacted. Like, it's so unprofessional. But they had to act and portray emotion Mm -hmm. without saying a word. Exactly. So, of course, they're going to, you know, take 10 seconds to watch their eyes wide, widen and Mm -hmm. fall over themselves over something. We'd be like, okay but like it's not that big of a, you know exactly or like we've said in the past this also came from an era where everything was still stage acted you've right. got to overact so that people in the 30th row can see you exactly so i could see how it would be a little like jarring to watch mm-hmm. if you're not ready for that but like you said you have to understand where we are in in film exactly. right now we're in this baby baby films. exactly <laughs> so what ends up happening, basically, again, just just a little, brief little, there's a lot of meat in the middle, but the head of this state or city asylum is mm-hmm. actually the doctor, mm-hmm. and he's doing an experiment to see if he can control a sleepwalker, because mm-hmm. he's basing that off of this, like, I would just call it a legend of Dr. Caligari, because he's not actually Dr. Caligari. And that's what I would base He's, on, like, yeah. channeling mm-hmm. Dr. Caligari's sleepwalker experiment from, like, the 1700s mm-hmm. and bending him to his will, basically. Right. So this poor sleepwalker guy <laughs> is not doing this yeah. on his own accord. So... And then you've got, you know, other characters thrown in, like this man that's in love with this woman that gets assaulted by the sleepwalker who's now traumatized. It's, you know, there's yeah. there's drama and there's always going to be a love story or a romance in these films. Yeah. Because that's just exactly. what it was. I mean, honestly, we still have that nowadays. You at least have a married couple or something. You have some sort of love story in it. You need a family of some sort. Exactly. To root for. So you have that here as well. And again, I thought this was very, like, Tim Burton. It was just so interesting. And also the filters they put over the camera. So if it was night, the whole screen would be blue. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. it was day, the whole screen would be yellow. Mm-hmm. Or depending on the mood of the shot, the color would be just a little bit different. Because these right. weren't color films, but they could put They can emphasize filters. something yeah. on it for you. 
Exactly. And something that I'll, of course, speak a lot about is music in these films Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's all it is. Exactly. And the the music had enough variety in Caligari, in my opinion. It had a lot of different instrumentations and a lot of different tones. Because, like, when we talked about Nosferatu, which we will talk about Mm -hmm. here shortly... The music is, like, organ the whole time. <laughs> and it's very, like, mm-hmm. it's a little grating. Yeah. It's but really intense. Dr. Caligari did not feel like that to me. Mm-mm. It was very, they had, like, guitar and saxophone and all these mm-hmm. things that that didn't, like, take annoy me or take me away. So mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Dr. Caligari. I really like this. I... I decided to look in, I'm going to do this throughout the restroom, to see what country won the best of that year. And so far we're starting off with Germany, which, as we said in the beginning, there's quite a few of them. So go you guys on starting the whole trend. Right. But I really, really liked this movie. Um, I actually don't even know if I can grade all of these movies because how am I supposed to give the best of a year anything less than a five on a lot of these? So... I think uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, these are very well-loved. And obviously, when you're doing the best of the decade, like, I'm sure when we get into the, like, 70s, 80s, 90s... We might have something. Some opinions that differ, but... But these started it. You can't... And they didn't have a lot of competition, to be perfectly honest. Exactly. And at least, if only their uniqueness, that should get them a 5 out of 5. I totally agree. And... It's also interesting to read about ratings and how these were released and Mm -hmm. what they really thought was too much. Mm -hmm. This movie was written by two uh, World War I vets that were both pacifists and bitter with the military. Right. And I was going to bring that up in the longer version, but yeah. No, that's cool. And so it's it's interesting to see the the time period of work done Mm -hmm. in these and what they were getting at. Exactly, all the background yeah. that happened to create it. Yep, and we will discuss more about that in the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari episode. Yeah. Moving on to 1921, we have the Phantom Carriage. And you guys, if you ever want to, for most of this, we're just going to follow Rotten Tomatoes list. So you can basically follow us in, if you want until we get to like the yeah. 2000s, 2010s, because ratings are still coming and going on that. So they right. kind of adjust, and we have our set list. But... So this was a Swedish film, and it was written by a female author that they turned into this play, Mm -hmm. and then this silent film. And it is all about a man who dies on New Year's Eve, and he's the last one to die. So he basically becomes the Grim Reaper for the next year. Which is super cool. How fucking cool is that idea? And throughout it, you go back in time and forward in time, and it just messes with you a little bit. But it's all about his quest. He's married with kids, but he's also in love with this other woman. Mm-hmm. And it's all about that quest for forgiveness from all of these people. Like He was a horrible yeah. husband. He was a horrible father. And he's trying to get forgiveness from them. And then the wife, the woman that he's in love with is dying. And he's trying to get forgiveness from her, but also save her. It's like a story of atonement. Yes. Definitely. It's long. It is long. <laughs> it's really good, but it's, it's long. It's like an hour 44, I think. So not. it's not long for today's standards, but you have to remember. So I was talking to Brad. You know, I ha- we have a lot of movies to watch, and 
he was like, we can make cookies because we had to make cookies for something and watch a movie. And I was like, no, Mm -mm. I cannot do anything and watch a silent film. Exactly. Because if you are distracted, even playing on your phone, Mm -hmm. you'll you'll miss something. Well, exactly. It literally writes it out on the screen what you're supposed to be seeing. Exactly. (laughs) So you have to pay attention. And Mm -hmm. so some of these can get a little long, but definitely worth it. Uh, The Phantom Carriage is one that we had watched when we mm-hmm. started this. We got through some. We got through four. <laughs> yeah. And then we were like, podcast? Let's do a podcast. <laughs> and it fell by the wayside. But mm-hmm. it kind of worked out because 2020, 1920. Exactly. But anyways, uh, I really enjoyed this movie because of the atone. Like, it, it's really just us as human beings. Like, a mm-hmm. look at that. It's very, you know, some in their final days and having to you know, make all these amends and kind of chasing your tail, trying to fix mm-hmm. the things that you have fucked up. And so you have to think about it from like a final moment exactly. standpoint. And like you said, the the Grim Reaper thing, like it's, it's just, I love seeing the originality that these brought to the screen because it's very, you don't see a lot of, not that I don't love horror, but you don't see a lot of originality nowadays. Exactly. And that's it's fine. all ghosts or monsters. Basically. Yeah. And even with remakes and things mm-hmm. like that, they can bring their own spin into it. But at this point in history, a lot of shit's been done already and everything is influenced by something. Exactly. Yes, The Phantom Carriage was based on a writing. Right. But it, even then, everything's been written now. Exactly. You know, so it's hard to find original things like this. And I think in modern times, we think, you know, maybe down on Olden 10s, days. 20s, mm-hmm. 30s, and that we have, we're the pinnacle of technology and all these things. But really, when you look at what they were doing with the Phantom Carriage mm-hmm. and the effects that that had. It was so music, cool. The fact yeah. that they could do that in 1921 fascinates yes, me. absolutely. Because they have, like, layer effects. So it looks like people are see-through. So you can see the ghosts and stuff. Yeah. And they'd walk through doors. And I'm like, what the hell? How did you guys do yeah. that? So, yeah, we may be the pinnacle of technology. But that was, like, I want to say, like, it makes me think of like the word raw for some reason, but it not that's not necessarily what I mean. I just mean like in its simplest form, but mm-hmm. simple can often be the best. Exactly. And look the best. Well, look at Caligari right before it. The most that they had, and I'm not saying it's not badass because it is, yeah. was they painted every single piece of that set on canvas. Right. That's still impressive, Absolutely. but they didn't have any special effects. And then mm-hmm. just a year later, we have ghosts walking through doors and you'll That's amazing. see if you watch these movies with us or even just pick and choose a few of them how quickly the special effects Are and changing. camera work advance yes yeah, year to year mm-hmm. and now yeah cgi has gotten better for example one of the big ones i've watched recently was one of the old spider-mans from like 2000 like toby mcguire mm-hmm. age just looking at like you know from 2000 to now mm-hmm. obviously huge leaps and bounds with CGI. Right, exactly. But that's all computer work. Mm-hmm. You know, they're figuring all this out exactly. physically as they go. Mm-hmm. So it's really it's really cool to see. I don't really have many... I mean, Phantom of Carriage has 100% on Tomatoes as well. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, the thing that really stuck out to me, I, I, I double-checked this because <laughs> I actually listened to a film archivist mm-hmm. comment on this. That's cool. So that was really fucking cool. And he was talking about how the director of this film was also the lead actor. Oh, that's cool. He's the guy we're following this whole time for atonement, and he's the director, and he's an amazing actor, too. So that's pretty impressive that he was able to do that at the same time. And then the only other stupid thing I have is I'm a child, and the credits end with slut. (laughs) 
And what country is Phantom Carriage the, from? I'm this sorry. is from Sweden. Sweden. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remembered it was not Germany. It's, it's not Germany, but we are back to Germany in the next one. Yes. So this one we also already yeah, have an already... episode on. Um, it was earlier this year, and we we hadn't quite figured out that we were doing this. Mm-hmm. But uh, 1922 Nosferatu came around. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I think this is probably the most renowned right of these films so not gonna we don't really have much to say on it because we already said a lot but this is the original vampire movie yes it's dracula it's exactly and again from germany and so you have a you have dracula Mm -hmm. that they stole and changed the names and (laughs) right and his name is orlock in this and he's doing a lot of the same he's being hunted and he's Mm -hmm. hunting especially for a woman yes and which is a very common theme in all of these movies exactly (laughs) and this is where the film you know again silent film we don't break into talkies until the 30s right so yeah we all of the 1920s are silent Mm -hmm. and this is where the music really got to me Especially when we, we watched it the first time for the episode we've already done because it's all organ. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of organ. It's, a, it's <laughs> yeah. And organ is beautiful. I'm not saying that. But this is a also a pretty full length yes, film. For all of that organ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of organ. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took me out of it, but not... Not enough to not appreciate it. I would actually probably say out of all of these, mm-hmm. while this is the most iconic, it's probably my least favorite. Mm-hmm. And I did rewatch it, but I got to say I was like in and out because I was like, I've already seen this mm-hmm. and I turned it way down, you know? Yeah. But it is the story of Dracula. And what's really cool is some of the creepy shots they mm-hmm. got in this, which is what I really have to, the creepy shadows and the special effects to make him look monstrous with the makeup and even the teeth exactly or those long takes once again of them staring at his eyes yes Yes. the details Mm -hmm. that they put into this and the work that they put into it and he he is scary Mm -hmm. he is he's not like you wouldn't want to become him no he's not that type of it's not like dracula where he's like handsome and brooding and like women are drawn to him he really is a monster Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't it it takes away when you think of dracula the charming one that's like he now he's skulking around but (laughs) not he's he's -hmm. incredibly scary and also i i love women in these movies just because they constantly just faint yes absolutely like so fast too (laughs) oh yeah or the fact that the husband has to leave his wife with someone to be cared for i'm like excuse me well, it's because she keeps passing out. Exactly. He's fine with it in the beginning, so it's not like that's just something husbands did. But then she keeps freaking out, so he's like, hands are off. You should check her iron or something. <laughs> she just keeps passing out. Which I guess, again, when you don't have words. First of all, you did not have, like, many badass female characters going to fight these monsters. That was right. all the men. Mm-hmm. And they also couldn't scream. Mm-hmm. Because they're, it's silent. <laughs> exactly. Like, they could open their mouths, but, you know, fainting and passing out. And that that's really the biggest way they had to show, like, that they were scared. Right. Exactly. Because of, the, you know, so 
that's just a little. We don't get badass women until I think the thirties. We get a few, maybe the. 40s. I mean, we get Bride of Frankenstein. That's pretty badass. Yeah, that's thirties. So I mean, the at least the Phantom Carriage. We got a female writer. That was cool. The book from a woman. Yeah, that's true. And it seems like women did a lot of writing. Like mm-hmm. Mary Shelley is a exactly. perfect example. Exactly. You know, and at least they got credit. Yes, exactly. It wasn't like a Shakespeare thing. I know that was quick, but moving on to 1923, we have an American movie, finally, yes. and our first Universal monster, by the way. So we started out with a bang for with The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which also stars Lon Chaney, which this movie is all about. I mean, I'm sure most of us have seen at least the cartoon from the Disney. Disney remake, yeah. <clears throat> it is about a hunchbacked man who is left in this cathedral and he sees everything that's going on in Paris all around him and in seeing everything that's going on around him mostly he just hates these people because they're mean to him then he finds a woman that she's just beautiful and sweet and she helps him out and it becomes this quest to save her because she ends up on trial for murder for quote-unquote murdering her fiance but he's not dead and everyone is just like trying to like they put her on the stake and stuff yeah it's a whole thing i mean it's basically what you see in the disney remake but darker but darker and even speaking of the disney remake that is one of the darker disney classics and it's not dark enough yeah i mean when you have furlough singing about hellfire and that he sees the gypsy seducing him in the flames i mean take that but like make it like you said, yeah, make exactly. it worse. <laughs> like, I mean, he's the same character in the old black and white. It's the same person. He's dark. He wants her for nefarious things. And we have the hunchback character who's just trying to protect her and make sure that she's not killed. Yeah. Quasimodo is kind of a badass, though. Yeah, he is. And Lon Chaney. Like, how do you get any better than that? He's just amazing. Amazing in silent film. He does all his own stunts. He does all his own makeup. He actually was one of the first people that did his own makeup on film. That's that cool. really started that trend of all these, you see Frankenstein and stuff like that. That yeah. really wouldn't happen without people like Lon Chaney. Yeah. Uh, liked the music in this. There's your... Music was great. Yes. I, you can find most of these on YouTube, by the way, because they are so old. Mm-hmm. Copyright's a little shystier, mm-hmm. unfortunately, with, you know, a universal. But it's on there. Mm-hmm. Hunchback is, is on it? there. Yeah. And I was looking at the comments. This is just kind of a side note. And I was looking at the comments. And when Notre Dame was burning in Paris this past year, mm-hmm. there was a flock of people in the comments that came back to watch that because Notre Dame was burning down. And I was like, that's interesting that you would watch this because first of all it's american it's made not filmed there <laughs> and it's not but i guess whatever makes people feel more connected to things i mean yeah at least it got watched again it's not dying out but yeah interesting what did they say just a lot of them were like uh like this comment if you're here because notre dame is burning oh, down what or, the heck? or like um They'd put, like, dates that they were there and, like, Notre Dame currently burning or I'm here because I want to pay my respects to Notre Dame. And I'm like, well, this is mm, interesting. What? I guess it's got Notre Dame in the name and it's, like, where they're supposed to be. I was like, okay, I mean, if that's how you want to 
Uh, grieve or, or at least you did that yeah yeah interesting what actually was speaking of the darkness of this film uh quasimodo dies yes in this one mm-hmm. spoiler alert <laughs> and the sh- shot that ends this is the bells like swinging over his corpse mm-hmm. and you know in the 20s, you did have a lot of sensory concerns. You know, these films went through rating systems just like we do here. And a lot of them where we would think this is tame and there's nothing going on, get they get banned or they mm-hmm. have to have scenes taken. But then stuff like this comes through mm-hmm. and you're like, what? But you said that Frankenstein, like I know that was later, but was too, mm-hmm. too scary. But this is... Real shit, man. So this was actually before we had real hardcore rating systems. And this was before the... Fuck, I can't think of the term. There's actually a term for it in the 30s. But there was a thing that went through that made everyone... Where they timed kisses and stuff like that to mm-hmm. make sure it wasn't lewd. And make sure it wasn't too over-the-top and grotesque. That came through in the 30s. So mm-hmm. I think that this... Stuff like this was able to just skate by because we hadn't figured out what was going on with film yet. That makes sense, because it's incredibly dark. Mm-hmm. And I know that when you get into the the 30s, like you said, they have the rating system. But I was mm-hmm. reading, I believe, I think it was Caligari, how especially movies coming from other countries, they would kind of like mm, Yeah, we have them. done that one forever. And there was one that didn't get released until like almost three years after it was released in Germany into the U.S. I can't remember which one, and I'm sorry. I was just kind of reading things about movie trivia at the time and they got whole reels to it might have been hands of orlock which is next but probably um, the one we'll talk about the longest yes where it wasn't released in the u.s until several years later and it had a whole section of film cut out and so it wasn't received very well because people didn't didn't understand it yeah because especially like i said when you're watching a silent film and you miss anything it doesn't make sense you can't just chop stuff out of it you look down and then you look up and there's whole new characters introduced and you're like what the fuck Mm -hmm. when did that happen so hunchback is incredibly dark and an interesting look at where we were in film Mm -hmm. and as people (laughs) because it's yeah and in film technology you're we're i mean we're in 1923 and already you can see the film getting better and prettier and and clearer and less and granted these have been remastered but they have to be remastered from the originals so the remaster is only going to be as good as the original exactly yeah so as we move into 1924, this one was my favorite, and you called it. I knew it. I watched <laughs> it, like, a couple days before you, and I was like, you're going to love this movie. So this movie is The Hands of Orlock because it is about a pianist. And obviously, when you have a concert pianist, the most important parts of their body, especially the for work, is, are their hands. Like, what would you do without them? Yes. So this focuses like i said on the concert pianist and his wife mm-hmm. and he has a horrible accident there's a train accident and he loses his hands yeah but they one of the most dramatic scenes out of any of these in my opinion was uh orlock gets you know the the train accident mm-hmm. and he's okay but his wife is more upset that he may lose his hands than him mm-hmm. being alive. Yes. Which she says, if he doesn't have his hands, he doesn't have a life. Right. Well, obviously he's one of those intense musicians. Yeah. And he's the sole breadwinner. They have 
to have his income. Yeah, exactly. And that comes into play. It does. It does. So the doctor is like, okay, I'll do my best. So in order to save it, save his hands, Mm -hmm. you find out that he transplanted a murderer's hands onto Paul Orlock's body. Right. So that's not something that he comes out and says. He's like, oh, by the way, I got a corpse that was a murderer Mm -hmm. and I put the hands. So he's got hands. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) There have been a lot of things of movies and creative works that have I don't know I would I don't know if I would say copy it but have taken yeah, from this I idea. I mean I can think of one alone Idle Hands which is all about evil hands doing things like this. Yeah. But that's more of a curse, not so on. Yeah. There's an anime called Parasite where a that hand has its own will. Yeah. And so they've definitely taken yeah, from it. Yeah. But that's seems like the first time that I've heard about it. Yeah. In same. history. I mean, what are we 1924? That's pretty yeah. early. So unless something was written you know, like a book or yeah, a play that I've never heard of, mm-hmm. which is very possible. So now he's got these murdering hands, <laughs> and he finds this out because one of the, I guess, nurses or orderlies or whatever you want to call them, leaves him a note mm-hmm. and says, "These are Vasour's Vasour Vasour. These are Vasour's hands, which he's a criminal murderer. Mm-hmm. That's his name. So." He is so horrified by this fact that he even says these hands will never touch a human being. Right. And they cannot play piano. So. Yeah. He tries and it's so sad. And his wife is, I don't, it's hard to tell, like, she really loves him, but she also loves his money. Like. Yeah. So I think, I think she does really love him. I think she loves him, but she's afraid of going broke because back then it could be really fucking scary. Yeah. And they've had a lifestyle. Like they have maids Mm -hmm. and a huge house Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're the, I would assume the wealthy elite in their community. Yeah. Because he's like a world renowned pianist. Exactly. And his father's rich, come to find out. Yes. So he comes from money. Yeah, exactly. So that's all they've ever known. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she does too, especially in this time. The elite married the elite. Exactly. <laughs> it wasn't like they were going down class to marry. Yeah. So what is scarier than losing your lifestyle and your house? And also in a time, like we still have so societal things we need to conform to. And certain things are embarrassing. So mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, whether it's for a good reason or not, like getting divorce has to be embarrassing to some extent. Right. Or things like that, you know. So having to admit that you're going broke and move out of the house you've been in and lose your, you know, lifestyle, mm-hmm. it's got to be the talk of the town, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And how embarrassing is that for you and for your family? Yeah, or when she asks his father for money and he turns them away. What a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah, he hates his son. Yes, he's so fucking happy that this is happening. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, so she does go. Obviously, he's not performing, mm-hmm. so they are broke. Mm-hmm. You even see all these. They set this scene up while she's sitting in a chair, and there's, like, a line of men behind her. Mm-hmm. And it says creditors. Like, they're looking. They're, for, they they're want like, their money. Yeah, pay us. You mm-hmm. owe us money. So she does, her name is Yvonne, I believe, goes to Orlock Sr., the father, begging for money. And he says no. And then she goes back and says, you have to go to your father. Mm-hmm. But his father hates him for whatever yeah. reason. 
And in the meantime, the the hands have kind of gradually, you see him like grabbing a knife and doing all these mm-hmm. stabbing gestures. And they're kind of, I guess you could say, getting stronger and stronger yeah. with the uh, murdery part. <laughs> but she just walks in on him doing that and then continues to walk towards him. If somebody is swinging a knife, maybe back up. Just just a little bit. Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Be a little uh, shook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he does... Go to his father, but his father, dead. Yes. Dead, dead. Yes. Which he thinks he killed him. He does. Because somehow this knife of this murderer has appeared in his home. Mm -hmm. And it had a very signature X on the handle. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, this matches plus plus this matches plus my hands are murdering assholes so Mm -hmm. you know you think that and as the viewer too you're like oh shit yeah exactly Mm -hmm. poor guy yeah and the all of these movies have some twists and turns and plot development obviously but this one especially Mm -hmm. brings in another character that is thrown into the mix and sees this murder and blackmails him. Yeah. Which, what the fuck, man? Yeah. He's having a hard enough time. Seriously? Yeah. So, blackmails him. For what money, by the way? He was there to ask for money. Exactly. <laughs> so, he doesn't have anything mm-hmm. for you to be, you know, blackmailing for. But, Paul and Yvonne decide together that they're going to go to the cops. Mm-hmm. Right? So, they want to be pretty transparent about what's happened Mm -hmm. and they do find fingerprints that are not orlocks obviously they are the murderer and so they're really confused Mm -hmm. and you find out that somebody made a glove with fingerprints on it and it wasn't even psycho yeah and then i had to look it up i was like did they have a fingerprint analysis back then that's what i was wondering i didn't think they did i mean i would assume they wouldn't put it in the movie if they didn't they did i guess uh the early or the late 1800s they, they got had fingerprint. It. Yeah. That's they, really cool. Because yeah. it made this whole movie what it was. It did. Because I was like, that's so sci-fi. Yeah. You can kind of see. Because, like, at first, I was watching it, and I was like, he was all upset. You know? I was like, okay. But you can do anything you want. Because mm-hmm. everyone thinks this guy's dead. So if his fingerprints show up, they're going to think it's, like, not matching yeah. right or something. You have a free... Like, mm-hmm. license to go and do whatever you want. Like, if he was a worse person, this yeah. could have been an advantage. <laughs> but, obviously, that changes a little later in the story when they figure it out. So, it wasn't even him. Yeah. That, that's... Twist. That's, exactly. <laughs> and it, what I really loved before I finish off this one is the fucking music in this I was gonna bring that up. I figured you'd love it. Like, obviously, it's a lot of piano because it's about a pianist. Mm -hmm. But the strings... So good. The the cello and the violin, and it was very, like, not what you would expect. Like, a lot of the music, especially the strings, Mm -hmm. were very, like, upbeat. Mm -hmm. It just... It wasn't one tone all the time, and it was my favorite music. It was my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was it was amazing. It was so creepy. Like oh my God, the yeah. the train wreck that he gets hurt in is right at the beginning. It brings you into it fast. Yes. And the music is, you know, the biggest part of that. Right. This was done in Austria. And I also noted this is the first appearance that we're seeing of a car. That's oh, how they get him right. back to the hospital yeah. from the train. Because they have an ambulance. Exactly. Interesting. All we've seen are carriages so far. So That's true. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't really 
pay attention like that, I guess. Yeah. I did also look at it because I'm a history buff. I want to see what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Because we've seen two German ones. Are they just going to take over? What happens around World War II? This, 1923, was when Hitler actually got out of jail after writing Mein Kampf. So we'll see what part two of the 1920s has. So we're getting ramped up with Hitler and right. all the Nazis to get in to Into World, War, World II. War II. So we'll yeah. see what's going on with Germany and the world then. Yeah. And then we hit the 40s and there's a lot of pieces, mm-hmm. you know, political pieces. And exactly. I mean, we've got the Dust Bowl. We've got the Great Depression, which affected the whole world mm-hmm. coming up. I wonder how it affects film. We will see because that ends the 1920s part one. So part two will be coming at you soon. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Again, all these films so far you can find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I at least recommend highly Dr. Caligari and Hands of Orlock. Absolutely. Personally. And yes. The Phantom Carriage, too. I would say The Phantom, Phantom Carriage, Carriage is long. Is long really and good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Hands of Orlock is long, too. It's almost two hours. But it doesn't It feel... doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's so The fast. Phantom Carriage, to me, felt like it was long. Yeah. Not that it wasn't good, but I could feel it. It was slow in spots. Yeah. But if you, want to, if you haven't really watched silent films before, I know everyone says Nosferatu is the most classic. I personally would start with uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour and 11 minutes. Exactly. Get you it through it fast. It eases you in, mm-hmm. and it's a very interesting story. Definitely. So start there, and also you will hear our episode about it. So you can just, you know, do exactly. both. Exactly. Do both. Until next time, stay creepy. <laughs>